fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. 30 something movie podcast. We are here back again. You thought you got rid of us. Well, wait a minute. If you thought you got rid of us, like, why? What did you do? Now I just feel awkward about saying that. I don't know why I said that. Bo, why'd you make me say that? I implanted it in your brain. Did you, you incepted me? I did. Well, uh, wait, guys, family yeah. friendly. Family I I, friendly. I, I, it, it is. It is. <laughs> You, hey, that's you took that to a place that's just... Yes, he did. I'm not sure why. When is better question, uh, how many years until we get to do Inception? When Can't wait. That's, out? that's too late to do that kind of math. Oh, it, oh, hey, in 2040. In 2040, we'll be doing Inception. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and this is like, list one thing we're excited about, mm-hmm. podcast in space. I'm just saying, they're talking about commercial mm-hmm. rides after the SpaceX launch this uh, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Podcast in space, man. That would be so, awesome. So you're, you're saying episode 400. Episode 400 in okay. space. Okay. On Mars. There we go. On Mars. On Mars. Get your mm, to Mars. Um, <laughs> Just no. in time to do yes. the remake of Total Recall. It would be if I was interested in doing the remake of Total Recall, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> mm. Would it be the remake of Total Recall or the remake of the remake of Total Recall? Ooh, mm. there you go. Now I think D just incepted us. <laughs> <laughs> Feels so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, it is episode number 302. This time around, we are talking Total Recall. Um, Very, very quickly, let me do our typical spiel here. Uh, Spoiler alert, we spoil freely, so be warned, or in the nicest possible way, uh, maybe get out. Um, iTunes reviews, leave us a five-star review. Again, if you want to draw on your computer, you can leave a six-star review, but we kind of don't recommend that. Kind of, you know, resale value, not good. Um, so don't draw on your computer and then visit our website, 30podcast.com. That is where you can find all the Pat. Don't draw on your computer. Sorry. Thank you. It's my wife's computer. It's okay. Oh, it's fine then. Don't worry about it. You do whatever you want. So yeah. So visit our website, 30 podcast.com. That's got all the different ways you can find all of our old episodes. Um, you can find other ways to interact with the show. So head over there, uh, all of our different social medias, the, the voicemail line, all that stuff, head over there and you can find all that. Uh, I am joined tonight. Tonight, we've got we've got kind of like a dream team here. Surely you can't be serious. We've got a, a massive mashup of podcast celebrities. Um, we have the, the meeting of the, I don't know if this is like the, wouldn't call it like the rumble in the jungle because there's no jungle between Oklahoma and Illinois, but um, we have the Oklahoma <laughs> contingent. We've got uh, the hosts of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast are joining us here um, so D Graves and Jason Colvin, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for having us. I can't believe that I'm here on this right now. It's like a dream. Oh my gosh. What if it is a dream? <laughs> it might, by the end, you will have nobody saved the said, world. kiss me quick. Nobody <laughs> said, kiss me quick. I don't know. Thank you for having us. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, I'm, I'm the original Oklahoma contingent. I feel bringing everybody on board here. So, uh, that's awesome. Us. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So, so glad we could get you guys on here as well. Um, and then I've also got Pat and Bo. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Great, John. How, well, how are you doing? I, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is Tuesday. It's, glad, it's Tuesday, so yeah. That's right. Gl- glad to be here. Another, another day, another 50 cents. That's right. Um, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're excited to be here tonight. We're excited to talk Total Recall. Um, I did want to give uh, Dee and Jason just a moment to kind of tell us a little bit about, so if you have not heard their podcast, um, then frankly, you haven't been listening to our podcast because I think we're pretty constantly telling everybody, go there, like, go listen to those guys. Um, so I, you should at this point, if you don't know the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, you apparently have been living under a rock. Um, so get out from under your rock, go find an iPod, go find, well, nobody uses iPods anymore. Go find something where you can listen to podcasts <laughs> yes. and, uh, go listen to their podcasts. Go, go like, and subscribe and do all those wonderful things on, on Twitter and, and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but I want to give these guys just a couple of minutes to let us know a little bit about like the history of their show. And we talk all the time on our show about kind of how we, we got started and why we wanted to do a podcast and kind of what the, the premise of our show is with the 30 years. And um, so, yeah, just if you guys take a, take a minute, let us know a little bit about how'd you guys get started? Um, you know, and tell us a little bit about what your, uh, what your podcast is all about. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, it was a ridiculous scenario. I, I was snoring and uh, my wife was like, you need an operation. You snore so bad. And then the doctor said, well, you just need to lose weight because you just got fat. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go get in shape. And Jason says, well, why don't you go running with me? I'm like, no, because I hate running. That's why I don't want to run. Why would I do that? And Jason was a prime runner. He's like, come on, man, just go run with me. And so I went running with Jason and um, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. He found a hill in Oklahoma. I'm not real sure how that happened, but um, he, uh, he talked to me the whole way. And so it wasn't mind numbingly dull. And then about uh, three quarters into the run, we start talking about our favorite albums of the eighties. And he's like, you know, I really do think that Michael Jackson's bad album is better than thriller. And I was like, what? No, that's no, that's wrong. Why would you think that? And um, yeah. So then 11 years later, we decided let's make a a podcast about that. Let's uh, let's do all of those crazy conversations that we had where Jason thought that, uh, you know, that Raiders of the Lost Ark was better than Back to the Future or that Van Hagar was better than Van Halen. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's how it was born. Yep. Yep. We, uh, we had a lot of fun on those runs and sharing ideas and, and uh, just talking back and forth. And we enjoy that subject. We join each other and just enjoy having fun. So hopefully people are enjoying it as well. Yeah. It's so cool. Now, I do. I, I love the premise of your show, like the, 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 that debate that friends, you know, that mostly friendly debate that friends often get into about stuff. Um, is there anything that and, and if this is an upcoming show you want to talk about, then, then feel free. But um, is there any debate like that where you've been like, no, this one's better. No, this one's better. Is there anything where you guys haven't where maybe it turned not so friendly, like you got so passionate about it? You're like, no, uh-uh, you're absolutely wrong. Is there the only anything one that's gone that I- far? I think the roughest one we've had is Braveheart versus Gladiator because okay. he was trashing Gladiator, and I felt like, man, what, what do you, what, what, you know? So when you when you make that many mistakes in a movie, you set yourself up to be trashed. That's all I got to say. That was a great. I love that episode because I was, you know, as I'm listening to that in the car, I'm like. I, I almost pulled a Pat, you know, Pat kind of on our show. Pat's like, you know, Pat's usually the guy that's like, but, but I like these and I like these. And I like everything. And so I, as I'm listening to that show, yes. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm turning into a wear Pat and I'm like, but, but there's the Braveheart and it's got the Scottish. 
and there's the gladiator. I love the gladiator. And it's the Braveheart and the good. Mm, I can't choose. So that one was kind of tough for me. I, I had a little bit of trouble choosing, but. Um, Here's the other interesting thing about our podcast, I think, is because I'm not a very good speaker and I'm not very good at, like, I, my opinion, I'm like Ernie Pantuso from, from Cheers, like coach, right? Yeah. Somebody says, Gladiator's great. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Braveheart is great. I'm like, you know, you're right. Braveheart is great. And Dee's a lawyer. And it's difficult to talk with him about these sometimes, but uh, Dee and I are, are- I'm going to pick- I'm going to pick a side. I'm going to argue yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he just bowls me over sometimes, but hey. Well, I tell you, you guys have like a great, I mean, obviously you're friends. So, but I mean, like uh, uh, in the booth, you guys have a great chemistry because it's really hearing your conversations, you know, is uh, uh, it, they're great. And I mean, that's exactly it. Cause it's like, no, I'm definitely in this camp. Oh yeah. He brought up a good point. Yeah. I kind of, okay. <laughs> oh, well, but yeah. Like John said, but I, I, I like this one, you know? So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's thank you cool. very much. We appreciate that very much. Yeah. Well, I, I always feel like I make some really astute point And then Jason says something beautiful. Like, I just love to see where the match hits the gas. And I'm just like, oh, you said <laughs> poetic. <laughs> you just, you just annihilated my very logical, reasonable <laughs> argument with your poetry over there. What is that? <laughs> uh, great. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks times. for having us on. We're, we're super yeah. excited. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Love having you guys on here. Um, yeah. So I, I'll be curious to see if you come up with any poetry for Total Recall tonight. So yeah, uh, pressure's on. Thanks, Dee. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, tonight's episode is, uh, well, tonight, uh, you may be listening to this some other time, so it may not be tonight for you, but maybe, but is it? Is it tonight? Is it, can you trust your own feelings? Can you trust anything? No, probably not. Um, but our episode this time is Total Recall. There's the news. Another action filled adventure. Pat, I will say very, very quickly, you and I were super excited for, and I'm going to blank out on the name of the movie. Was it Bloodhound? Greyhound. Greyhound. Yes, I, it had a hound in it somewhere. Yes. Um, and uh, you and I were like, this is a movie that needs to be seen in the theater. Like yes. We, when school is over, we are going to go to the theater. We're going to see this movie. And then I see it gets announced. Like, I think it's getting released on Disney Plus or Netflix or somewhere. It's Apple. I think it's Apple Plus. Oh, are they doing an Apple Apple TV? I think so. Okay. Apple TV. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Sorry, Apple people. I know there's not Apple Plus. It's <laughs> Apple. I will say this. I saw this this morning because I was searching for Superman news because we did our Superman episode with you, the one that we did together, John. And um, I saw that they're coming out with a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League on HBO Max. It's supposed to come out next year. And they're talking, I mean, it sounds like a real deal. They're talking about spending at least $30 million just to do the re-edit and recut of the movie. And Jason will tell you, I felt about Justice League like he felt about The Last Jedi. I was just like, they ruined they ruined everything that had happened up until this point. And I'm wearing my Justice League shirt today. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that the Snyder Cut does it to the justice that I believe it will. Well, that and and kind of along those lines, I did see maybe yesterday or, or sometime earlier today that they are now talking, because I was devastated when, when they said he was done, they're now talking Henry Cavill may come back as Superman, either for maybe not a Man of Steel 2. They're kind of hinting that maybe um, there might be a Man of Steel 2, but at the very least they may bring him back for some cameos in – uh, Shazam 2 and uh, maybe Suicide Squad 2. I think they had some other other thoughts on, on how they might bring him back. But my first thought was, let's just go Man of Steel 2. Like, I 
I wanted a Man of Steel 2. I felt like I was one of the only, and I may have said this on on the Superman episode we did, I felt like I was one of the only one of my friends that when it got announced that they were like, Batman versus Superman. And a lot of my other friends were like, whoa, that's awesome. And I'm sitting there going, well, eh, is it? I mean, okay, but I feel like I started to turn into the Simpsons comic book guy. You know, the worst idea ever. Um, <laughs> want Man of Steel 2 first. In it. So, so I, if that's true, I hope. I hope beyond hope that they are bringing him back because I, I love him as Superman. Um and that would just be amazing. And and frankly, you know, as as you mentioned, the the Justice League Snyder cut, I, I'm more superheroes. I'll steal Pat's line: more superheroes, more better. Yeah, most times, yeah. most times, unless we talk about the Oscar winning Suicide Squad. Yeah. So our movie this time around is Total Recall. It came out on the first of June, so we're almost we're almost right around the time that it came out here. First uh, of June, nineteen ninety, rated R. Um, originally, usually I go through this spiel and then I start throwing in the little uh, little trivia tidbits. Originally rated X um, because of the hyper violence in this movie, and they actually had to tone down several of the scenes. So hmm. if you've seen this movie and you ever thought, "Wow, this is ridiculously violent," you're wrong. It was. <laughs> It was, vi- it was. It was more violent. I'm. I'm. I'm going to be a, a horrible English teacher and say it was way violenter before they they toned it down. Do you know what they had to change? Was it just toning down each scene, or was it like they had to take one thing out? I believe there were a few different scenes where, when somebody got killed, it was way more bloody, and it was just way more. You know, the fight scenes the, may have uh, been way more visceral. I think the guy on the um, escalator was one the of them. Escalator, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The human shield, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which already, I mean, that scene is like, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, but apparently yeah. they had to tone that down quite a bit. He got shot fifty times in the in the released version, seventy yeah. times in the X rated version. So. Right. right, see, it's right. that it's that fine line. <laughs> it's it's a, that fine line. That's right. It's somebody from the studio coming through with the checklist. <laughs> I watched Total Recall with my 10-year-old, and at that point, at the point that he's turned and then turned again, using that guy for shield, he's like, holy crap, that's a lot of shots. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, man. Oh. All right. So, yes, so this one rated R. Uh, was a runtime of one hour and 53 minutes, directed by Paul Verhoeven, who also did RoboCop, Starship Troopers, and Basic Instinct. Producers were Buzz Feitschens, uh, who also did Conan the Barbarian, Red Dawn, and Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. And Ronald Shusetz, who also did Alien and Minority Report, another great Philip K. Dick story. Mm-hmm. Uh, writers in this one, uh, which which we'll get to, I, I got to tell you, for three questions, one of the questions was about Philip K. Dick stories, and I spent a while. And That's a I, tough one, brother. So some of you are going to have to talk during this episode, because I'm not sure I'm done yet. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but the uh, short story this was based off of was a Philip K. Dick short story. He died in 1982. Uh, Ronald Shusett did the story and screenplay. Dan O'Bannon did the story and screenplay. He also passed away in 2009. John Povel did the story. Gary Goldman did the screenplay. Uh, Philip K. Dick also did stories that ended up becoming Blade Runner and Minority Report. Uh, Shusett also wrote for Alien and King Kong Lives. O'Bannon also did Alien and Return of the Living Dead. Povel did Sliders. Uh, Goldman did uh, Big Trouble in Little China and Navy Seals. I am still not happy with Navy Seals. <laughs> but that's that's a quote, Forrest Gump. That's all I'm going to say about that. The movie. The movie. The movie. Navy Seals themselves. Yes. Thank you for your service. All of that. But the movie, no. Unforgivable. Had some totally rough edges. Had yep. some rough edges. It didn't have rough edges. It, somebody took the edges and went to town with a weed whacker. It, yeah. yeah. The, 
stealing yeah. Han Solo's line was a low point in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, Paul Verhoeven did Showgirls. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you're going to get much worse than that. Well, I guess that's man true. has a point. That's man true. has a point. I, I've walked out of two movies in my life, and if I walk out of a movie with that many boobies in it, it's got to be really, really <laughs> I was bad. Gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! That's funny. I mean, female nudity, boring. It's yeah. <laughs> <That's what's> horrible. <laughs> Speaking of which, when we when we get to this movie, you have to talk about the ratio, you know, per person, because this is. <laughs> right? Oh man! Wish I had three hands. Yeah. Yeah, I, this I, was I gotta by tell you, the, I, the thing that I remembered about this movie. It had been so long since I saw it. That's what I remember. That is the thing that I remember about this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and, and I and I watched this movie way too young. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as with as with yeah, as with many other movies, I ended up seeing. Thanks, Uncle Steve. Um, <laughs> uh, cinematography for this one was done by Jost Vacano, who also did Das Boot, uh, RoboCop, and Starship Troopers. Uh, I, I almost after I, after I said Das Boot, I almost said RoboCoop. Um, <laughs> got into a pattern uh, music was done by Jerry Goldsmith who passed away in 2004 he did uh, many a plethora of the Star Trek movies Gremlins which apparently we're now doing for episode number 350 and The Burbs budget for this one was between 50 and 60 million dollars um, probably depending on how much blood they used in the X versus R rated versions Box office was 261.3 million. The reviews for this one, Flick Metrics, which combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Letterboxd into one average score, gives it a 74%. Cinema score, which is uh, people that are actually have seen the movie and they are being surveyed as they leave the theater, um, Cinema score gave it an A- minus for those scores. So uh, clearly those that went to go see it enjoyed it very, very much. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, who played Quaid. He was in Commando, one of Pat's favorite movies ever. Um, also in Kindergarten Cop and Terminator. Rachel Tacotin played Melina. Um, she was in Con Air and Falling Down. Sharon Stone played Lori. She was in Sliver, Basic Instinct, and Casino. Ronnie Cox played Cohagen. He was in RoboCop, Beverly Hills Cop, Deliverance Cop. I'm sorry, Deliverance. Again. <laughs> They all had cops, so I just kept going. Uh, Michael Ironside played Richter. He was in Top Gun, Scanners, and Starship Troopers. Marshall Bell. Oh, look, it's a Marshall. And we can go back to that thing again. Um, (laughs) That was a circular conversation if there ever was one. Peggy Marshall? Penny Marshall? I don't know. We added a whole bunch of people to the Marshall family. Um, Played uh, George and Coato. He was in Stand By Me and Starship Troopers. Mel Johnson Jr. played Benny. He was in Murder by Numbers and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Michael Champion played Helm. He was in History of the World Part 1 and Beverly Hills Cop. Roy Brocksmith, who died in 2001, played Dr. Edgemar. He was in The War of the Roses and Tango and Cash. Ray Baker played McLean. He was in Rain Man and Everybody's All-American. Rosemary Dunsmore played Dr. Lull. She was in Orphan Black and Anne of, Anne of Avonlea. Too many A's in that one. Uh, Dean Norris played Tony. He was in Breaking Bad and Under the Dome. Robert Costanzo played Harry. He was in Die Hard 2 and City Slickers. And Robert Picardo played the Johnny Cab. He was in Inner Space and Star Trek Voyager. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back here in just a moment. Your mind. It is the center of your life. It is everything you hear. Everything you see. Everything you feel. It is everything you are. How would you know? 
if someone stole your mind. Arrest that woman! <laughs> Run around, he knows too much. They've got your bug. I get a lock. There! And the bug's in your skull. Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Don't worry, it's self-guiding. Got him. I lost him. Welcome to Mars. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look who's talking. They erased your identity and implanted a new one. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? He's got a hologram! Welcome to Johnny Cab. Drive! Where can I take you tonight? Please fasten your seatbelt. I want Quaid delivered alive for re-implantation. That's for making me come to Mars. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. Hope you enjoyed the ride. All right, I got to say, based on the trailer audio, I am glad that they made the Johnny Cab a whole lot more obnoxious. Because mm-hmm. that was almost like, in the, in the trailer, it's almost a little bit too benign. Like, it, it's not quite that, you know, thank you for, you know, enjoy the ride. And it, it just is not, it doesn't have that kind of whiny, I don't know, There's mm-hmm. a, maybe they added a little reverb to it, and it just... I know it's it's definitely better in the movie, but you could kind of tell that when they put the trailer together. Um, and I think I heard, I think I read a couple of stories here and there where they put together a first trailer and put it out for people, and then they were like, "No, this is I, I don't know what the I don't know what this movie's about. This is not good." And then Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, came back and said, uh, "Look, guys, we need to we need to redo this trailer. Like, we need to get people hyped up about this." the trailer you put together does not really tell the story of this movie at all. Um, redo it and, and you know, make it better because <laughs> th- mm-hmm. this is not good. This is, people are not going to come watch this and they redid it. And obviously the, the trailer that they redid was, was much better, but you can tell in the audio of that trailer, there's a couple scenes, you know, that, that didn't make it to the final cut of the movie. There's a couple things that are still kind of rough in terms of the, the sound effects and things like that. But, but uh, yeah, the one that kind of jumps out to me most is, is the Johnny cab voice. I'm like, yeah, that's not, that wasn't quite there yet. I'm I'm glad they made a few more changes. The uh, the Johnny Cab voice was Robert Picardo, which I know you Trekkie guys will know. Yeah. And I I I liked him in those things, and uh, but I, his favorite, I mean, my favorite performance is is always going to be Inner Space. Yeah. Oh yeah, the cowboy. Yes. yes. All right. Well, usually what we start off with is we, we start off with we have uh, some questions that we sometimes kind of go through that um, are adapted from the movie Focus, the art and soul of cinema by Tony Watkins. Um, so typically our first question, just to kind of start us off, just get a real quick reaction to this is um, one word or one real quick phrase. How does this movie make you feel? 
Jason, we'll we'll do guests first. So, Jason, yeah. what's what's your what's your one <laughs> word or short phrase? How does this movie make you feel? Uh, this uh, movie makes me feel a little bit bulgy. Okay. Every time I watch it, and they're breathing, and their faces blowing up, and their eyes are <laughs> popping out, and just uh, it's just over <laughs> the top. And every time I watch it, I'm like, are my eyes still in my head? <laughs> Notice you're still bulging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that effect is pretty crazy when the eyes pop out. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. Do you eyes popped you? out, and oh, yeah. then five minutes later, he's fine. No yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. It's a real quick. <laughs> it, it's the future. The medicine they could recover faster. It's... Right. Do you? What about you? What's your one word or short phrase? Uh, pleasantly confused. Okay. Um, I, when I was when I was about to walk upstairs to start doing this, my wife said, "What are you guys talking about?" And I said, "Total Recall." She's like, "Oh, I like that, but I was confused." And I was like, "Yep, kind of like Inception." And she goes, "What was Inception?" I said, "We watched it a week ago. You we got to the end, and you didn't know if he was dreaming or not dreaming." And I said, "It's the same end." She's like, "Oh yeah, yep, confused, yeah." yeah. The top is still spinning. Yeah. If you want to play a funny <laughs> game, uh, just just describe a movie to her and call it Total Inception. And just mix the <laughs> mix the stories of the two movies together, and a, yeah, yeah, that's it. These guys have to go a dream within a dream, but it's also on Mars, and the streets are shifting, and the top is still pinning. It, yeah. All right, Pat. I um, Pat Buchanan. I feel like every time I say your name. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> well, Issue one. Wrong. Bill gets into uh, oh, <laughs> Pat. Pat Buchanan's win. <laughs> um, I um, I'll give my reaction now. I, I it's just action. Action, all caps with like period, like or exclamation point. Action is kind of when what I watch. Uh, my reaction when I watch this movie. Um, we'll have to. It'll be interesting. Get like um, you mentioned, like confused. It'll be interesting getting into like first time we saw it and kind of history because uh, I think I spent about half of my life just thinking this movie was deliberately meant to confuse people. But partly, anyways, we'll get into that. But yeah, I think when I watched it this time, my reaction after getting done was yeah, just action. I kind of go along with the uh, confused confused uh feeling here it i always remember the first time i watched it walking away going gosh darn it i just wanted i wanted them to tell me if he was dreaming or not back then mm-hmm. and now i relish in it i love that we don't know it just i walk away going right on good on you confused is okay but that's you know almost 40 year old me versus however young I was when I saw this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie, especially having watched it now a few more times as an adult, is a much deeper movie than it was when I saw it as a kid. When I saw it as a kid, it was pure, like I, I had, and Pat, I'm not calling you a child, um, but I had the Pat reaction, mm-hmm. and it was action, like mm, Mars, action, other things. Um, now as an adult, I'm like, oh, Mars, action, other things. Um, but also, <laughs> like there's, there's, this makes me think a little bit like it didn't make me think as a kid. It kind of, there were parts that made me think as a kid, but I don't know that I had the capacity to really try to think those things through. And mm-hmm. now as an adult, I'm like, you know what, for an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, this is a surprisingly philosophical movie. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's good stuff. So, yeah. All right. Well, so in this movie, what does, uh, and we can, we can talk, uh, we can talk plot here in just a little bit, but um, what is it about this movie that works for you? Okay. I'll start. <laughs> yeah. For me, what so it's kind of what you've already talked about. But for me, it's like everything is turned up to level eleven, right? And it's more bullets and you know more 
action and more one-liners from Arnold and everything is just fun to the extreme. Um, when I watch it, I just bask in it. You know, I just take it all in and it's just so much fun, even though I am confused and I'm like, okay, really this, is this an implant or is it reality? How come the reality is exactly like this implant? It's all just, it's so much fun that I'm like, I'm like Boa at the end. I'm just like, I'm confused, but it's still a, it's still a, a blast. For me, the cast works. Like they cast this very well. I mean, Ronnie Cox is the scheming bad guy. Michael Ironside as the heavy Sharon Stone. Um, the cast really works. They put that was that was a loaded that was a loaded chuckle there, Bo. Everybody's chewed on Sharon Stone for like three seconds. Mm-hmm, Sharon Stone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But no, they you know they they did it really well. And you you said uh, John that uh, for an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, it's very philosophical, and it kind of is. Um, but he he did it okay, like. He played the two different, the Hauser and the Quaid, better than I think. Yep. In my when I did, on this rewatch, it was a lot better acted and done than I remembered it. I sort of pictured it as a shoot 'em up Arnold movie, but I was kind of impressed going back many years later. That's actually the, that's what I was going to say was the standout for me was <clears throat> Arnold's performance because up until this movie, he had either been like the dumb goofy guy, like in villain or twins, or he had been the, I'm going to kill you monster hero man in, you know, Conan and raw deal and all of these other, but in this one, he was almost every man, right? Like he was, this is probably the first time that you're actually going, wow, Arnold might actually be able to act. He might be able to do something more than just goofy and muscle man. He might be able to do something that I can identify with him on. So yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with you, Bo. I think that this is casting is good, but specifically with Arnold, this is his, this is his breakthrough performance in my opinion. Cool. There's something, and, 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 to your point, I, I, there's just something charismatic about seeing him on on screen. And you're right that it's in all those other films. I think that's, you know, some of those films were just like really well constructed for what they were trying to do. Um, but some of those films, it's like, he's kind of that missing piece. If you take him out and put another actor in, it just would fall flat, you know? And it's, it's really, he, he's got that, that certain charisma, whether it's saying those lines or just the looks on his face or the way he moves or, or whatnot. But you're right. And I really noticed that and picked it up in, in watching, in watching this film. Um, I, and I'll, and everyone kind of hit all the different points that, um, that, you know, I'll just end up taking 10 minutes and restating everything you guys said. So I think I, I will, I agree with everything you said. And I think the piece I'd add on is this was almost, almost like a last gasp of an eighties movie. I think um, I, in my mind, you know, and it's funny, I just read this article and this guy was saying like, you know, he had this philosophy of where did the 80s end? And it wasn't at 1989. It was kind of how the decades overlap. And his his thing was, uh, it was interesting. He said, um, Star Trek, the next generation and Batman, 89 Batman were actually the beginning of the 90s in his this guy's and he went through and explained the whole thing and and talked about, you know, what the beats in those things and why that was more of a 90s thing. In this, I see it, and it was funny. There was a movie that we reviewed, I think it was this year, well, obviously, 1990, and it was like, it, 
and I remember saying, I can't remember what the movie was, but I remember saying, it's like they're trying to do the 80s thing, but whatever topic matter they're picking, it's just falling flat. It just, it's not working. They don't have the right mix of whatever. And so in addition to everything you guys have been saying, I'd like to add in that it, it, it's got some of those kind of cheesy or campy-ish kind of 80s things, but it works. Um, for some reason, it, it just, it's, it's cool. I mean, even down to that effect where he goes through and it's the skeletons and then the gun is lighting up. I mean, you watch it and it's kind of like, okay, but it's like, eh, that, that's pretty cool. That's fun. Um, you know, the, um, the Johnny Cab stuff, which would be easily to say, I mean, there was a couple scenes, like as a kid, when I saw this, I'm like, I asked my friends, I'm like, why did the cab try to run him over? I mean, like, when he didn't, like, I, I mean, how is that? And, well, oh, Pat, just go with it. And it's like, well, it kind of works. That's an 80s movie, Pedal to the Metal. It's, and so I, I think that, um, that the way this was written, a lot of those kind of funny, more campy-ish kinds of things really added to the overall, um, overall movie. Oh, that's what I was going to say, the bad guys. When the bad guys are running, they're always scrambling. And I, I don't know how you I don't know how you you direct that or whatever, but they all seem to be running like this chest out and, and they're always go get there. Rah! And they all kind of scramble to the elevator and they, they look like junior high kids running for like the lunch line. It's 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 not you know what I'm saying? It just watch them run back and forth and it, it's 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 campy, but it all it, it works in this in this movie. So, well, a little bit of background. Um before I get into, into into my thing that I feel like works for this, is uh, everybody on this movie got sick with food poisoning, so maybe they just filmed him running to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> like maybe that's the scrambling. Is it? Uh, uh. It was, I think it was everybody, I think it was everybody yeah. but Arnold and maybe one of the writers um, got okay. food poisoning, yeah. and it's because Arnold... Shusit. Oh, was it Shusit? Okay. Yeah, Shusit, they, they were making fun of him for the first you know week. They're like, why are you being so weird about food? And then he was... He and Arnold, the only two that didn't get sick. Yeah, and I Where, think, Ar- well, I think Arnold's Arnold was only eating boiled chicken. I'm sure. Well, I think he had all of his food sent in. <laughs> like, I, yeah, because he yeah. had gotten sick when they did Predator. Yeah. When they did Predator, he got food poisoning. Then he's like, "I'm never eating Mexican food again." Right. Yeah. From Mexico, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, maybe at El Chico. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was this uh, there was this watching this motorcycle uh, Moto GP one time. There'd always be oh this rider's suffering from food poisoning. He's not going to be on his game. Oh this rider's going to be and this uh, this journalist one time said, you know these guys are you know they're professionals. Why not fly in their food or know for like hey the night before for these eighteen races, just control your diet. Like why why is food poisoning? It was it was this year like every race there'd be like two or three guys and their team that all got like food poisoning. So. That would be my same thing happened when they were filming Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981. Huh? Somebody needs to learn the lesson yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you hear that's a wrap, go out and check out the uh, check out the street food, right? You know, <laughs> but, that, stick with craft services. But but yeah. the night but, but the night before, but the night before you fight the guy with the scimitar. Hey, you know what? <laughs> that's right. bo- bo- bottled water and goldfish crackers or something. You know, I mean. <laughs> Love the scimitar at her. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh. I, for me in this movie, I think what, what works for me is, and, and you guys have kind of already said it to a degree, it's, it's a lot of it is Arnold and it's because it's, it's a surprising performance by him. It's one that, and, and you guys, you guys said it, it's this performance by him and not that it's Oscar worthy, but it's for him, it, it's a deeper performance and you really do. D, I, I agree with you. It's like, He's not this Adonis that is, you know, unattainable by any other person. It, it's more like, yeah, 
I could be Quaid. Like that, that could be me. I, that's how I'd feel in that situation. And I think he, he hits those beats, um, you know, pretty well in this movie. And that's when you've seen, like you said, when you've seen his other movies, it's like when he does those one liners in a lot of his other movies, it's like, okay, that's funny, but uh, that, um, yeah, that's kind of cringy. Um, and in this movie, got a couple of those in this one, there are a couple of those, you know, but, but at the same time in, in this one, when he delivers, cause you know, Arnold's going to do that in, in his movies when he delivers them. In Consider this movie, that a divorce. I, that, that's the exact one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Why? Get those people, yeah. 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 You write an Arnold line for this movie. Come on, yeah. let's put it in the trailer. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't hurt me. Would you Consider this a divorce? Um, and apparently that's one of the other things that they that they had to change. Um, I don't know if that was part of the X rating versus the R rating. Um, but originally, I guess he said that before he shot her. A divorce gets you an X rating now? I, hey, I, in 1990 maybe. I don't know. Um, no, apparently he said that before he shot her. And then audiences did not react well to it. And they're like, oh, no, that's horrible. And then they switched it to after. And somehow now magically that's okay. That makes it so. okay. It's the timing. It's it's, so, a t- it's comedy and and headshots. It's the funny thing know, is when Melina looks timing. at Melina looks at him and goes, "That's your wife." And the look on his face after he's just like, mm. you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that's terrible, and that's it was, awesome. It was an arranged marriage. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's like he's like having to like fess up or you know, and like there's like all these bodies and blood and you know and you know and the line the get that was your wife and it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh my God, that's funny. But I think I, I, what really works for me in this movie is that it is nonstop. Like there are not, there there are movies in which there's a moment, you know, sometimes when I'd go see, I'm going to start crying now thinking about seeing a movie in the movie theater. Um, when I used to go see movies <laughs> in the movie theater before the world collapsed, um, I'd always use that run P app. And I was like, okay, I don't, I, I got to find a strategic time. If I got to go to the bathroom during the movie, I, I don't want to miss anything really good. And this is one of those movies where if I was using that app, I would expect them to tell me there are no good times for you to go in this movie that it is, you know, and, and it's a, it's almost a two hour movie. And yet I cannot for the life of me, I cannot think of a spot in this movie for me, at least I cannot think of a spot in this movie where it's a time where I might go, Okay, well, that's a bit of a down spot. You know, that's, that's, uh, it's, it's got a bit of a lull here. I can't think of a time in this movie where there is a lull. It's like from moment one, I mean, you get that first shot of them on Mars. Now, of course, it's, it's a dream sequence, but you get that first shot and they're walking across Mars and already you're, you're, you're just locked into this movie with that Martian landscape and, um, you know, and, and then he slips and he falls and, and smashes. And that's, that's great foreshadowing for the end of the movie, too, that it, it shatters his face mask. And, and then, uh, you know, you, of course, you get the scene, the, the, you know, the, the bulging eyeballs and, and everything else. And that's like your first two minutes of the movie. And I'm like, OK, well, you've got my attention. Let's I'm, buckle up. I'm ready for this ride. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's what really works for me in this movie is it's a movie that can make you think, um, you know, it, it's a movie that's got some great action in it. But it's also one of those where it just I, I think it just grabs you from the very beginning and, and it does not let go of you for the entire movie all the way up until the end. Um, and, and it was so funny that when we were watching this, my, my wife had never seen this one before and she already commented several things as several things were happening. She's like, all right, I can see why teenage you like this. And I was like, yeah, no. I said, hold on. There's a scene where they've got this x-ray machine coming up. It's really cool. She's like, okay, yeah, I could, I could see why you like this. And then I think there was the, oh, there's the scene where he's got the, the, the woman's uh, head, the mask on and it you know comes off his head and he takes it off. Two and, weeks. Yeah, two weeks. weeks. Um, I still don't get why that thing like freaked out. Like, why was it all like, I, was it just 
glitching? I, I, I mean, was, was just, that? I think it was just glitching because I think he programmed it. He he tried to anticipate what they were going to ask him when he went through Martian Customs. Okay. And I think either it just glitched or he only programmed it, you know, to answer that one question, not thinking they'd answer and they'd ask another one. And, yeah. and it just kind of, you know, from there. It, kind it of was like, the world's best costume disguise and the world's worst disguise yeah. too. See, I've got this Optimus Prime helmet that I put on and there's like pre, <laughs> pre like settings, like you hit the thing and there's like three presets, but then you can yeah, yeah. throw the switch and then it will like, it has a microphone and it picks up and alters your voice. So I guess I, you know, when I go off script, it'll just have my voice, but it's kind of altered. Like I, I didn't know, you know, that, that part, I just didn't get it. It was you cool. Know, Pat, Pat, this, this only takes place in 2084. They didn't have the technology yet to be able to <laughs> customize what the mask says. I mean, they're, they're yeah. getting there. It just, that's, we're, we're just not there. That yet. performance though, that, that lady, Priscilla Allen, I know that's her name because it's on her, it's on the passport, but that freaking out and grabbing her mouth and trying to stop herself from saying two weeks yeah. is that's fantastic yeah. performance yeah. by somebody who I haven't seen in anything else. Yeah. We, do we know who that even is? I, I don't think Priscilla Allen. Yeah. Priscilla I mean, Allen. Yeah. Priscilla Allen. I think that's it. Yeah. I'm not sure she was in anything else or nothing that we would probably know of. Yeah. She answered the casting call for some woman as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. <laughs> right. Nice. I mean, what would be yeah. outstanding would be if it was like some, you know, like just stage Shakespearean stage actress that they're just like, you're perfect for this role. And that's her one movie credit <laughs> or, or even better would be like, it was someone's wife or just someone that would like, man, you know, we really need this. Oh, well, I think I could do that. You know, it was just like some, like either one of those stories. I hope it would be either of those. Cause that would just be cool. You know, uh, she, you know what she was in, she's in about four different movies. None of which I've ever heard before. Okay. Um, she was also in two episodes of happy days. Really? So, Ooh, yeah. nice. she, played, she was the body double for Al. There you go. <laughs> 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 there it is there it is oh man but it, it on the on the passport it actually says her real name it says priscilla allen on okay the cool hey you know we laugh like teenage boys but i mean let's give sharon stone some credit she was in three scenes in this movie in two of them she kicked arnold's butt yep. and paul verhoven looked at her and said you know what she's good enough and sexy enough to be in this to make a whole movie basic instinct around that character basically yeah i mean three scenes and she killed it i, I thought she was great yeah she had this amazing ability to go from very sweet to i'm going to kill you in half a second <laughs> yeah which apparently is also how sharon stone actually is really? sorry yeah, that's what i heard that works well in uh, basic instinct yeah <laughs> that's that's the piece that's the piece of, like you mentioned like like that's a piece I noticed with her is that it was, is when they tried, when they brought her back and, you know, and it was kind of like, you know, this is your wife and, you know, she's in here and it's, you know, honey, we got to get you out of, you know, it really, it, it, it was, and it wasn't like a lot of body act, but just in her face, it was, she really could just at the blink of an eye change that. Um, and her fight scenes, yeah, it was I mean, good. she's doing judo and stuff. I don't, I, I don't think anything before this movie. I I can say I can not think of any movie where the girls were fighting like ninjas. Yeah. And this movie, they they were kicking butt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yep. and she's pretty constantly like Richter fails miserably. 
like a whole bunch of times. Like all all the guys just continue to fail at trying to stop um, Quaid in any way whatsoever. And she's the one. Like I feel like she walks in and it's like two minutes, and then she walks out. She's like, yeah, I got him. Yeah. Like, go ahead, call call the <laughs> yeah. car. I got him. <laughs> right. Like why don't we just call her in from the beginning? I mean. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, going back a little bit, just to kind of walk through, you know, very quickly, kind of the the plot of the movie itself is, like I said before, this movie it it grabs you from the beginning, and you just you just go from there, and um, you know, every every piece of this, especially after you've watched it a few times, you can kind of go back and, and start to piece things together again. And and I feel like I'm I'm finding some little clue or some little tidbit here and there every time I watch this movie, um, you know. But the, the whole lead up to, I mean, you, you get into it pretty quickly where it doesn't waste any time to get him to recall to the point where we're going to get this story started. It's not, I mean, it's, it's real. There, there's an economy of writing there that it's just like, okay, we we feel like we've given you a, we're not going to play around here. We're not going to, we don't really feel like we need to go a ton into character development because frankly, this character doesn't know who he is anyway. Um, so let's get him to recall. Let's plug him into this machine and you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. And I think that, kind of serves it well um you know d your your phrase um was it uh pleasantly pleasantly confused i I think if that was the intention of the filmmakers then i think they played that masterfully um just to say hey we don't we don't really actually need to spend a whole lot of time building up these characters we'll show you what you need to see in like you know five minutes or so and then let's get him to recall let's get this going because we got a lot of other stuff we want to pack into this movie um, and I think that's one of the things I really like about this too, is, is you get going early on. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can, there's a lot of backstory here that I don't feel like when I've, when I've seen this movie, I know that there are moments where it doesn't spend a lot of time going into certain elements of the story. And I know I've heard some people criticize that about the movie, but for me, when I'm watching it, I don't feel like I've missed anything. I feel like I can, you know, sometimes you see those you know, people put those things up on Facebook where it takes out like, you know, you know, the, the middle letters of a word. And it's like, if you can read this, you know, all you need is the first and last letter of a word to be able to know what the word is and read the sentence. And I kind of feel like that's the way that total recall works in my brain is that it does leave out a lot of stuff. But I don't ever finish this movie going like, oh, I really feel like I was missing uh, the C plot in this movie. And I, I don't feel like I got enough details there. And I, I finish this movie. I'm like, I, I just kind of want to start this over and watch it again. Cause I, yeah. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I, I know what's going on here. Um, but yeah, I, I think from moment one, it grabs you with that first scene on Mars, you know, it's a dream. And I love that too, how it's kind of already tricking you into, Haha, you thought this was part of the movie. Nope. Dream. And then you're going to spend the rest of the movie being like, all right, wait a minute. So is he, is this the, but I thought he was, that was the spy thing. And Molina's face was on the computer screen when he was choosing, um, you know, his, his sleazy and demure woman. And um, what? what is <laughs> athletic. Yeah, or, uh, athletic. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, then you spend the rest of it. Well, what, what if maybe this is a dream? And I remember even as a kid watching this at the too young age that I watched it at, even as a kid, I was like, this is kind of blowing my mind. Like, I don't know that I fully understand what's going on here, but I know I'm, I'm kind of confused and I really like it. I don't know what I like about it, but there's something I like about this that I'm, I'm confused and I'm happy. So, so yeah, I mean, just, I, I think, and you get those little bits where it shows in, and Paul Verhoeven, you know, obviously with RoboCop, he, he does the same thing too. He likes to use the news as kind of that storytelling device to try to just pack some other little details in there that, you know, you don't want to have to spend time having a conversation back and forth 
you get the idea that there's unrest on Mars. You get the idea that there's a war on Earth, um, and we're we're taking resources from Mars to to fund the war. And you get that all from that you know those quick news clips at the beginning. And I just I, I really like the way that this movie is put together. And it's it probably is because I also like RoboCop. And there's certain elements about RoboCop that are in this movie, obviously because of the director. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the quickness of the storytelling is one of the things I really appreciate about this movie. Yep, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I did read Paul Verhoeven said, regardless of the confusing part, the first 20 minutes are reality, right? So he has said publicly until he gets to recall, all that's real. And then where you take it from there, it's kind of up in the air, you know. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I want to throw a question out here, and uh, uh, hopefully this will. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to jump onto the like the the surely you can't be serious podcast thing, and and I, I and say I'm gonna go as far as as argue, but it's jump, interesting. Jump on, okay, come on, let's go. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'll just throw this out there as you know, maybe like a target drone, and then then we can go at it. I originally saw the movie at a too young age. I think it was probably one of the first R-rated movies that I saw. And then like my, I was at a sleepover. So my parents weren't like, didn't know that I'd seen it. (laughs) And uh, so I couldn't even ask my dad, be like, dad, like, you know, can you explain it? Like what happened? Because you know, this was, this was classified information. I was confused as all get out. Like I I didn't even process that it was fake or real. And so I was just kind of like young Pat was just like, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Actually. Oh, wow. That guy got shot a lot. Wow. That's really disturbing. Oh, wow. There's three. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, like going through all like young, <laughs> young Pat was just along for the ride, you know, then I would even tell people like, they'd be like, Oh, so total recall. And I'd be like, and I would actually, I remember describing it like me, like here's my one R rated movie I see. And I try to explain it to people. And I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, it's just one of those movies. that's not supposed to make any sense. I don't even know if there's like a class of movies where they deliberately do that, but that's how I would like try to describe that. Yeah. I think in fact, when my folks found out, they're like, Oh, so you saw it. My dad's like, so what'd you think? And I'd be like, "Ah, you know what, dad, it's just one of those movies. It's not supposed to make any sense. And like, I would straight up just, that's what I believed. And then later I saw it and I'm like, Oh no, this makes sense. They either, you know, it's either they programmed him or they deprogrammed it, you know, like then it, it clicked and I'm like, Oh, for 20 years or 25 years until this clicked, I was totally just an idiot. I only thought it. (laughs) <laughs> so here's where I'm getting to my question up until tonight in my mind, it was like, um, and you guys will laugh if John and Bo remember the whole, um, uh, never ending story podcast where it was just like, what happened? I need to know in my mind. I didn't know that there was a pot. I didn't know that the inception scenario was a reality. I like, I, I always thought like after reseeing it up until you guys all started talking, I was sitting here just like, Oh man, I like thought that like, they almost <laughs> lobotomized him because they unprogrammed him and reprogrammed him. And everything you saw up to that point was real and happy ending like that up until. So I'm just throwing that out there past little experience with the movie. So, I, I mean, I, it sounds like everyone's kind of conflicted with it, but I, I would love to hear like, no, Pat, this is where it could still be a dream. You, you know, what? because up until you guys spoke about it, I didn't even process that for the last, you know, bunch of times. So you're in the, you're in the reality. I'll camp. say that I'm in the reality camp and I'll, uh, you know, if you need, if you need a target, so, you know, tear, feel free to like tear that down. I would love to hear, you know, your, your thoughts on it. Well, okay. D go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. All right. All right. Well, so I, I'm everything that he requested at recall mm-hmm. took place. Okay. Right. Okay. So, 
Um, spy, check. Get the girl in the end, check. Save the world, check. Okay. Go to Mars, check. All that stuff was what he asked for while he was sitting in the chair at recall. All that occurred. Okay, right. So that's, I think that's kind of why, you know, people, I know my friends and we would argue, it's a dream. Something got, you know, he went to recall, that was all programmed in and it started right there and he was freaking out, but he's actually, you're going to blow my cover, mm-hmm. right? And, those, it's, and we're off on this spy adventure. Um, so that's the dream, right? The recall. Okay. The reality is, camp is he had a dream of the sleazy girl, uh, Melina. The first scene of the movie, she's in mm-hmm. it, right? So that's pre-recall. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you get her programmed in? If she's already in there, step one, plus the sweat bead, you know, the very important sweat bead. The doctor was actually sweating. When he shot him, the doctor said, your whole world's going to come crashing down. It didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Where are you guys with it? Is it dream or is it, is it reality? I think, I mean, again, I think the beauty of this movie is that you don't know mm-hmm. whether it's a dream or reality. I think the argument to say that it is reality is something that uh, John touched on, which is just before he's supposed to go to sleep, you know, that, that 20 minute time period where the, the director of the movie has said, yes, this part is definitely reality. Just before he's about to go to sleep, he sees her face on that computer screen. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if it's all something that's a dream, our face would not have been on that computer screen. I don't. I'm. I like not knowing the answer. Uh, I mean, I, I, I have seen some pretty crazy stuff as I'm nodding off. Heck, happened last night. Uh, but so <laughs> I can, I can chalk that up to yeah. He's, he's revisiting an image in his head. It's not really on the TV screen and we're just getting that perception, mm-hmm. but it's like the, yeah, it's I, without this movie. I don't know that the matrix becomes a movie. I don't know that inception becomes a movie. It's really that what is reality. And that's the philosophical side of things. I mean, heck man, I, I'm wondering if this is reality right now. You guys all look crazy to me. <laughs> well, and I always thought that Back in, and I can go either way. I, I, D, I think I'm in the same camp as you. I'm like, I, I'm happy not really knowing which one is which, and, and I'm happy with it either way. If Paul Verhoeven were to come out now and say, oh, yeah, it's all reality, then I'd be like, cool, it's all reality. Yeah. If he came out and was like, yeah, no, it's totally a dream. Cool, it's totally a dream. I, I'm good either way. Um, in terms of the, like when he makes his choices, what I've always kind of gone back and forth on is I always thought, okay, well, if this is reality, if, if the whole movie is reality, maybe he makes those choices because subconsciously that's all the stuff that was in his head from before it was wiped. You know, he's going to choose a girl that's going to fit Melina's description. You know, he's going to choose all these different pieces because in the back of his mind locked away somewhere are his actual true memories of what had been happening on Mars up to this point. And it just so happens that, you know, when he chooses those different things, it ends up fulfilling once he's back on Mars. It's like, okay, well, we're back on this track that whatever it was, eight weeks ago, six weeks ago, when when his mind got wiped, um, we were headed in this direction, and now we're back there again. So his subconscious that made all those choices is now getting him just, you know, we're, we're back on track. And it, it, it fulfills everything that Recall was supposed to put in because that's what he had in mind before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, if, if I was going the route of this movie is reality, that's my kind of thought process through that is it was his subconscious making all, when they asked him all those questions, that's what was making him pick those choices. Um, and then that's why it fit with the rest of the movie, hmm. but they do. And, and he did, um, 
Paul Verhoeven made a, a point of saying, well, there's a reason the movie fades to white at the end. It kind of just, because I wanted it to be something that was ambiguous. I wanted you at the end of the movie when they kiss and that everything fades to white. I wanted you to kind of take a look at that and go, wait a minute. It, it's kind of like the spinning top in uh, mm-hmm. Inception. It's okay. Well, hold on. I, I thought this was real now. And, and now you're, now you're okay. It, it, this now seems like a dream sequence. It seems like mm-hmm. it's, you know, movies usually fade to black. What are we doing here? And, so I think it was a conscious choice on his part to keep that ambiguous, and, and that I love that about this movie. You know who else is in the reality camp? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? Yeah. He thinks it's reality. Or he, in his mind, it's reality. Okay. Mainly because he's an action star, and he wants it to be reality, not a dream. So. Right. Well, And if it's, if it's a dream, it's really disappointing, because that means he wakes up from this experience as opposed to this experience being real. And I mean, if you went through all of that and came out alive on the other end, man, you want that to be your story, right? Yeah. Not just, oh, here's this dream I had last night. Yeah. Speaking of this, I'll do, a, I'll do a completely side story here. Like a few weeks ago, my oldest boy comes to me. He's like, I had this dream last night. I said, oh, yeah, tell me about it. He's like, well, somehow I, my mind got put in the body of that dark-haired lady from nine to five. And I said, Lily Tomlin? He goes, yeah. And I said, have you seen all of me? <laughs> what? I said, that's what happens. Like she goes into Steve Martin's body. He's like, who's Steve Martin? I'm like, oh my gosh. From Three Amigos. He's like, that's a real movie. I'm like, dude, this is so bizarre that you're coming to me right now with a dream that basically is what happened in a movie from the 80s that I love. That's crazy. That movie is hilarious. That's yeah. crazy. And is this, this is proof that then memories are passed on genetically? So. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and it, maybe so. but I mean, to, to go back to your one point, like it, it really kind of stinks if this is a dream because he's got to wake up from it. But yeah. frankly, I think everybody, I think everybody in this room can agree. He's going to wake up and still be married to Sharon Stone. Yeah. So true. true but mean, my, is, it, is it really that disappointing? No. Well, the, obviously you're saying she liked it from, yeah, from, <laughs> oh no, I'm sure she hated every minute. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> and, and, and the way, and the way that guy delivers the line too is like, He's like laughing in the guy's face, <laughs> which, which is and an Richter, awesome. Richter is the one guy you don't want to laugh in his face. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But, and it's totally like, like a jerk move that I could see like any of my friends pulling on me. Like I could see someone say, like a friend saying that, yeah, I'm sure, you know, and all that, yeah. which is so funny that it's in this movie, you know, that it's just like, oh, wow. You know, I don't know though. Have you ever guys ever had one of those dreams where like something, you know, something bad happens and you wake up and you're like mad at that person and you're like, oh, it's or, you know, like, you know, you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. It's something like that. Could you imagine if it was a wake up? Like, uh, honey, uh, I need to bring you breakfast in bed for like the next year of the rest of my life. Like, I mean, so what was your dream? Well, you know, you ended up shot in the head and you know, I, and wow. I said, consider this a divorce. And <laughs> Consider that a divorce. Right. To pull the trigger. Right. So, Bo, <laughs> right. What, uh, what camp are you in, Bo? Are you in the reality or are you in the dream camp? I, I'm i in the dream camp. Um, okay. Really? I think it's... it's which, which sounds like a really horrible sequel to a Freddy movie. It does. Um, <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the dream camp. The more I, the more I thought camp. about it, it's... You know, he went in looking for this experience. This is what recall put in his head. This is his recall vacation that we're seeing. 
Um, and what the one little fact that always tipped me the other way is the metal detector. The metal detector the first time through should have picked up on the chip in his head. It doesn't. And the theory, at least on the internet, is it's because he doesn't know there's a chip in his head yet. That's the one that keeps me on the side of it didn't really happen. Really? You're talking about the, the gigantic red ping pong ball that he pulls <laughs> yeah. out of his nostril? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Ow. That was, you know what? And every time, and I know it's not the same thing, but every time they, they show on the news people going to like the COVID-19 yes. testing stations and they get to swab up their nose. <laughs> I'm like, all I can think of, and, and, and my wife, that was another time where she was like, you know, I, I can tell why you would have liked this movie. Is it, is, there's just the line, okay, now now stick it up there. It's self-guiding. Wait until you hear the crunch. And it, that's at the point where I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, and then he just, that face he makes when he's coming up there real hard. The, oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm rewatching this movie tonight from a whole new perspective, man. This is, this is exciting. This is a comedy, ah. Pat. Did you know someone's a comedy? I did. <laughs> Well, and it also, I don't know, now now I got to go back and now there's another chapter onto the whole Pat Canigallo total recall thing because I was right originally. It doesn't make sense. And then I'm like, and now I'm, man, wow. All right. So this is going to be your DVD two-pack, Pat. You got to put this one in with Never Ending Story. Yeah, that one just, I got. Two movies I, well, that totally fit together. Yep, it it, it is. Now, Bo, your point was your point was walking through the metal detector. It would have picked up the bug. Yeah, the first time he goes through, nothing shows up. The second time, it, it, the gun trips it. But the first time, right. there's nothing, and that ball, whatever that is, right. should have maybe yeah. set off the metal detector. Maybe the ball is the thing that keeps it from setting off the metal detector. Certainly, certainly a possibility, mm -hmm. without a doubt. So now, did he... Because why does it have to be in a ball the size of a ping pong ball? Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, we're going to put this thing in your head that's about the size of my finger now, but we're going to wrap it in something that will destroy your <laughs> yeah. face. And it's, and, it's, and it's in his head. Like, where did he pull that out of? You know, like, I know, like, here it was, like, bulging, but... Where was that wedged into? And I what, mean, what? every morning he's like, "Ah, I need a Sudafed." Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> My sinuses feel this big. Sharon Stone's like, hey, "It might be a tumor." <laughs> it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's a tracking device. Get it out. <laughs> oh man. Oh. I get weird. I get. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do an impression. It's going to fall on his face. I'm just going to pull that one back. I'm going to double clutch that one, guys. But yeah, that thing was weird. God, yeah, not not it. a great prop. Could have done that better. Yeah, but but I mean, every like like should we cut that scene out? Heck no, oh, that's outstanding. And then and then it's like and then it's my friends were sitting there. I'm just like, guys, that's just weird. Yeah, that happened, man. Your nose can stretch. You know, it's cartilage, Pat. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, yours can what? stretch. I <laughs> yeah, man, man <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. All right. Do we have any other kind of thoughts in general, just kind of final thoughts about the movie itself before we jump into our three questions? Um, anything else that you just have a, a burning desire you want to share with the world related to Total Recall? We did not I, talk about the remake of Total Recall because I, I watched it and um, now. Nah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was, uh, and I don't know if you, nah. I don't know if any of you guys have, have seen it, but it's like I started watching it. I was like, I feel like they're trying too hard to make this a shot for shot remake of the movie. Cause there, I mean, there were, there were almost, exact moments that you could just tell it was it was straight up lifted from the original movie and i'm like just 
do something different. I, I, yeah. I, I get the I get the want to do a, like an updated remake, but I'm like, don't just flat out give the exact same lines. Um, it missed the fun of the first yeah. one, in my opinion. You know, it was too it was too serious and too straight. I think so. it, it it took more of the like the political bent of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like it yeah. went into that direction. and was like, no, it's not. No, because there's something. Bo, I think you I think you put it this way earlier. And this is the case, I think, in a lot of his movies, even if the movie itself or even if his acting is not all that great, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a charming guy. And there's just something I think a lot of his charm can make up for certain things in a movie. And I think when it's so well done in this movie, I think it's really tough to recapture um, recapture that in, you know, because uh, was it Colin Farrell? He was the, mm-hmm. yeah, he was the one that was in the remake. Um, it just not that he's not a charming guy, but it's just not the same. It's not the same vibe. I, I right. spent all of that movie thinking. Uh, I'd rather just kind of stop this and go watch the original. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He's saying he. Um, you know, one thing I was gonna. Go he's ahead, saying though. he's not as as charming as the pig from Green Acres. No. <laughs> <laughs> have to be ten times more charming. That's right. <laughs> nice. You know, one thing about this movie that always was kind of weird to me is that is Hauser talking to Quaid, right? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger the bad guy talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger, the good guy, and then calling him old buddy and, you know, get your ass to Mars and all this other stuff. Um, But that was always, you know, I'm like, that was so confusing to me. I'm like, is he a bad guy? I don't really, Yeah. he's talking to the good guy and he's telling, he's directing him and, you know, you've got this thing in your head and stuff. So, and also three, three tidbits I learned about this movie that I thought were pretty cool. Patrick Swayze and Richard Dreyfuss were kind of originally supposed to star as Quaid, except for his name is Quail in that draft, Wow, which uh, was pretty cool. Originally, it's supposed to be kind of like, he's not supposed to be like this buff construction worker. He's like an mm. accountant or something. And so Richard Dreyfuss would kind of fit that. Yeah. And then Patrick Swayze actually signed on to do it. And then the setting on Earth, they don't really ever say explicitly, but uh, most people think it's El Paso, Texas. Huh. Oh, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, wow, not really that different from Mars. You know, Sharon Stone gets really upset that she has to go to Mars, but it's kind of like El Paso. Yeah. So. Cool. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw two things in there. I've noticed about the movie. One, I love guns that I think are shooting bullets, but like never have to be reloaded. Like the unended, like that always just, you know, like, I mean, those, I mean, it's just just hosing things around and you never see a reload that, that always, you know, that's fun. Um, and then, you know, when movies bend reality like that. Um, the second thing is, I really like the music. And I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it didn't, but I mean, it was, um, and you could, you know, it was, um, it was like a lot of brass and real big orchestral cues, even in the, um, like the, the, the foot chase scenes and the action scenes and all that kind of thing. And I, I don't know, I don't want to go as far as to say, um, I, I don't know if the music fit, because I think it fit. But, and I mean, I'm, you know, I play trumpet. So anytime you get a lot of real heavy brass cues and all that, it's just like, woo, you know, like that kind of thing. But it, it was interesting because the music stood out to me in this. And I don't know if I was thinking of something a little bit more electronic. Um, and I, cause I'm thinking back to RoboCop and RoboCop had, I think it had brass and cause wasn't that bum, 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 you know, it had that, it was way off key. Sorry guys. But I mean, it was that had that kind of a melody to it. Whereas this one seemed more fanfare like, and it was almost like I could imagine this for like Knights of the round table kind of thing, but it was cool. I liked it, but it, 
it stood out to me. And so anyways, I don't know if anyone else noticed the music, positive, negative, or. So the, the composer on this one is Jerry Goldsmith, mm -hmm. who's basically the John Williams before John Williams. But in looking at this, I found out he's Jerry Goldsmith among all of the, you know, hundreds of movies that he's done that are super well known. He did the universal, the new universal theme that came out in 97. That's that type of thing you're talking about. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. That thing that we're all, you almost sing along with it every time the universal theme comes on. That was Jerry Goldsmith. Cool. That did that one as well. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's, well, it's, Neat and, music. Go ahead, John. Sorry. Well, and I and I felt like I read somewhere that he wanted to model this after because there was there's a lot of connections between RoboCop and this movie. Yeah. And that he wanted to model this after Basil Polidorus's um, themes from RoboCop. And okay. The other thing I read too is Jerry Goldsmith considers this to be one of his favorite scores of his own. <laughs> yeah. Like this was of all yep. the things he's done, he's like I, this is one of my top. This is one of my favorites of my own work. I, I could see why it was cool. Like I mean, it was like, like I think I got to pick the soundtrack up. Kind of cool. So. I dug it, man. And it's, and it's one of those soundtracks that it's not, I don't know that you really think about it while you're watching the movie, but it's one of those that it, sometimes there's some soundtracks that you don't really think about while you're watching the movie. But then when you do pick up that musical key, you're like, oh, is it? yeah, this is the total recall score. I feel like it's one of those that you could just put on, like, I feel like I could take this soundtrack and put it on while I'm working and just kind of listen to it in the background. Yeah. And there's other soundtracks that are a little bit more low key. And I'm like, well, this is boring. Uh, unless yeah. it's got the movie, you know, for me to watch along with the soundtrack. It's kind of boring, but this is not one of those. I, I actually did that the other day. I started putting this one on just as I was doing some stuff and had it in the background. I'm like, this is a, this is a good score. Like it, you know it's, what? it stands alone on its own without needing the movie. You know what? Without going too much in that point, I'm just going to say, you know what? Now that you're explaining it, I know why, in my mind, why it stood out so much. And it's not because it didn't fit in. It was kind of, it was like, it kind of tilted things forward. It made you kind of, fall forward in the movie. Like you said, the movie is always going and it's because of the action. I think the soundtrack helped it. I think that's what I think in my mind, that's why it was sticking out. It was like someone behind you sort of like my daughter was out riding her bicycle. And every time we got to a hill, she's like, dad, you got to help out. And so I just put my hand on her back and said, keep pedaling, you know, keep moving. And sometimes I was pushing and then sometimes I wasn't pushing. It was just dad's right there. And she kept going up the hill. I think that's what this music did in this one. I think it just kind of kept you moving forward to whatever the next scene or whatever was. So that's cool stuff. Well said. Yeah. Well said. All right. Are we ready for three questions? Bring it on. Ready. Let's do it. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, now, I already know that I have raised my children right, because... They both on occasion they both on occasion will listen to the podcast. Like they both they love listening to podcasts. And my daughter has a, a you know Amazon Echo in her room, and she's constantly listening to podcasts. And um, she also listens to our podcast. And I said something the other day. Oh, actually, it was her brother said something, and it just was just so. And I I love the kid. He's going to listen to this. Um, I, I love him, but it was kind of dumb. <laughs> and my daughter starts going into what you just said. 
was one of the most insanely <laughs> idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point, I'm like, just, I can't even, I'm tired of you guys bickering with each other, but I can't even get mad right now because that's pretty awesome. That that little girl of yours, she pulls out some one-liners, man. I have, yeah. Yeah. You have not... You have never heard the Lando Calrissian line delivered the way his daughter delivers that line. Well, what have we here? Yeah. <laughs> she steals it every time. It's ridiculous. Hello, what have we here? She, I don't know. I don't know how she does it every time. Kills mm-hmm. me. And and every time on cue, every time she will do the. Uh, there's a couple that she'll do on cue. If if anybody ever says something is like really good, or even if they if they use the word impressive, she'll stop and just turn and go most impressive. <laughs> Yeah. That's... <laughs> All right. So, question number one: What is your favorite story related to Mars? I think Jason is bursting at the seams with this one. <laughs> Do it, man. Throw down. Throw down. Go, Jason. Go. All right. All right. Uh, my favorite Martian story has got to be Duck Dodgers in the twenty-fourth and yes! half century. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank nice. you, Earthling. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I claim this planet in the name of Mars. Yeah. That's Nobody the best. I, I can watch that. Wins. <laughs> uh, I, I can watch that cartoon all day. Oh, long. Cool. My, when my disintegrating gun disintegrates, it really disintegrates. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Pat, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with the expanse. I don't know if any of you have yeah. watched The Expanse, and and uh, I'll, I'll be careful with spoilers. Um, Mars isn't the center focused in The Expanse, um, but it's a big part of it, and I just like the way they write it into the. I, I like The Expanse. I mean, I think if if you guys haven't checked it out, it's a really really good watch, um, and yeah, it's it's a great show. I got hooked in, and I think my favorite character in that show is from is from Mars, uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's cool how they how they write it in and and everything like that. So, the expanse. Okay, so I'm going to say one. I don't know that it's my favorite Martian movie, but I'm picking it because I feel like it's supremely underrated. But John Carter, mm-hmm. I saw John Carter with my boy in the theater. We had it was nice. the IMAX, oh, and nice. I was like, dang, it's a good movie. This is a great mm-hmm. great movie to watch with your kid. It's not overly sexual. It's not graphically violent but when it is it's like green martian blood i mean it's i liked it a lot i was and looking at this do you guys remember a movie called invaders from mars from back in like the mid 80s yes Yes. i i can remember watching that movie and i can remember it being really weird but like it was one where i was like let's see what kind of mars movies there and i was like oh how do i have no memory of this but still remember that i saw it yeah that that was actually one that was on I don't know if I want to say it's a a regular rotation, but it's one that we used to watch a few times when I was growing up. My dad really liked the original, I think it was back in the 50s. There was a 50s uh, Invaders from Mars. And then they did, uh, the updated one was actually, I think we covered that one, um, one of the first couple years of the podcast. And it was one of the canon films. So it was like one of the crazy, like somebody did not have a huge budget, but they were like, hey, let's make a movie. Oh, we, we could do a remake of this one. That might be real easy to do let's just make some weird stuff about Martians. And, and that one, I, I remember that vividly because I remember that being one of the movies we watched as a family and my dad. And, and, and now I completely understand this as a dad myself. He loved to sometimes put on these movies that would just terrify us. Like they, they weren't, they weren't necessarily overtly scary. Now that one does have some, some scary moments in it, but it was more of just like a, he, he just wanted to kind of watch a squirm a little bit. And that, that was kind of like my kids with arachnophobia. 
they just kind of squirmed a little bit. But I remember this one because in the movie, when people get turned into Martians, they end up like the Martians inject something into the back of their necks and they, they end up with band-aids yeah. on the back of their necks. Yeah. And they, and, and then when the, when the people become Martians, they don't know, like they don't know how to do normal human things. So the little boy wakes up one morning and both of his parents have been turned and he goes into the kitchen and his mom is burning all of the breakfast because she's a Martian now. She doesn't know how to cook things. And she's got a Band-Aid in the back of her in the back of her neck. And she's sitting there eating raw meat, like raw yes. beef out of the package. Oh, and, I remember that. Ooh, and, I remember and that. My, and my mom, the next morning when we woke up after watching that movie, she deliberately put a Band-Aid on the back of her neck. She burned the oh, toast and she had some, she had raw hamburger meat sitting on the counter. And when we came in for breakfast that morning after waking up, she's standing in the kitchen. She turns around. She goes, good morning, children. Would you like some breakfast? I made toast. And we're like, no. That's outstanding. Yes, I vividly remember. That actually was very high up on my list just for that reason. That's some good upbringing right there. Yeah. I'm giving it up to your yeah. mom on that one. My my choice is actually um, was actually John Carter, so that was mine as well. I loved loved that movie. Right. Um, that even kind of got me into. I, I had read a little bit of the Edgar Rice Burroughs stories. Um, you know, not the movie's a little bit more fun. You know, the Edgar Rice Burroughs they they can get a little wordy, they can get a little uh, long winded at times, and so I think the movie I like that a little bit better. I, I really like that movie from the first moment I saw it. Um, and that was kind of like, I don't remember if it was the same weekend or if it was back-to-back weekends. We watched that one, and we watched the newer version of um, The Time Machine, mm-hmm. Guy Pierce. And those were those two movies together, I mean, that the kids loved it. And actually, when I asked my daughter these three questions, John Carter was her choice, too. She loved that movie when we watched it all together. Um, but those two movies together, they just had kind of like a nice vibe. Like, there wasn't anything, you know, overly inappropriate about the movies between you know, language and violence and, and, you know, sexuality, like any of that stuff. Um, you know, it, it didn't have a whole lot that you'd look at and go, that's, eh, it's kind of questionable. I don't know if I want to show that to my kids. Um, so that actually would have been my top choice as well. But since you picked it, that actually lets me jump to my second choice and say, I will take the book, the Martian by Andy Weir. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie was great. I, I love the movie. The book, when I started, because I, I listened to the audiobook, it was it was a stretch of time where I didn't have time to read a book, um, but I could put the audiobook on while I was driving around in my car. And I started listening to that audiobook, and I thought, uh-oh, someone has taken my inner monologue, and they've turned it into a book. Because this guy, the narrator, <laughs> sounds exactly like what my internal thoughts, and I've always been afraid that my internal thoughts will get out. And apparently they've gotten out, and they're on Mars, and they're in a book now. This is not good. The book is hilarious, and especially if you can, if you ever go listen to the audiobook of that, whoever I forget who it is, but whoever they've got narrating that, he has just the right amount of snarky sarcasm in every line, and it's just between the writing and between whoever it was that they got to read the audiobook, it's just it's outstanding. It's one of my favorite audiobooks I've ever listened to. Um, so, so I, I'll actually go that one since John Carter has already been thrown out there. I'll go The Martian by Andy Weir. I really enjoyed the Nat Geo. Mars miniseries that was on pretty recently. Um, I think they had two seasons of it. It was short seasons, six, seven episodes. But I thought it was really good. They they were definitely focusing on, and it was one of those Nat, Nat Geo docudramas, like they had some interviews with people about actually going to Mars and, and what it would be. But then there was a, a dramatic component to it too. And it was, it was, uh, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, and then, of course, you know, honorable mention, we have to mention the song Life on Mars just because, mm. you know, we're here. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, question number two: Your favorite movie or television show based on a Philip K. Dick story? This one was this one was kind of tough for this me. This was a um, challenge for sure. Yeah, I I really because I really like Blade Runner. I love the movie Blade Runner. But then I started to think about it a little bit. I'm like, okay, I love the movie Blade Runner, but let me balance out what movie or story do I love versus what movie or story do I also love, but I would watch more often. And if I'm going that route, then I think I might have to go Total Recall um, with Minority Report being a kind of a maybe a close runner up there. Because um, I, I think it's just, and that's what I love about his stories is it's just, it's one of the same things that I always liked about Ray Bradbury and some of the other sci-fi writers is it's just that mixture of there's mystery, there's like, there's the concept that you haven't even really thought of before. And that blew my mind. I don't know if any of you guys, other guys read this, but that blew my mind when I was reading up on this movie and found out that the movie Minority Report was actually supposed to be a sequel to Total Recall. I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, well, that explains why I like it then, but... Um, that it was supposed to be, it was actually supposed to be Total Recall 2, colon, The Minority Report. And that it was going to be Wait. the the, uh, wow. was it the the psychics from uh, Minority Report or the, um, yeah, the psychics. The precogs. That could tell the future, the precogs, um, that they were actually yeah. supposed to be mutants from Mars that had the ability to tell the future. And Quaid was going to be the main character. It was supposed to be like five years later or something like that. And uh, he was going to be in charge of the uh, precog division of the pre-crime unit or whatever it was. And, um, and then it just, it just never got off the ground and they were never able to do it. But eventually it ended up becoming the minority report movie with Tom Cruise. Hmm. So, well, I, I think, I, I think I'm going to go total recall because I think between those movies, I, I really like minority report, but I think if I'm balancing out what I love so much about Blade Runner with something that I watch, you know, and I'm excited to watch more often, I think I'm going to go this movie. I would say yeah. that, um, I haven't seen Minority Report, so I can't answer on that particular movie. But um, it's unlikely that I've endeared anyone to me at this point. But if I have, I'm about to blow that right on out of the water. <laughs> I didn't like Blade Runner. I didn't hate it. But I was an adult when I saw it for the first time. And I thought, my gosh, if I was a teenager and I tried to watch this movie, this would be like, Mom, can I go out in the lobby and play video games until this movie is over, please? Because <laughs> this is really, really long. I did not like Blade Runner at all, so it's definitely Total Recall for me. No, this this is a this is a safe place to. Everybody's life. just throwing their hate on me right no, now. No, 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 <laughs> We here at the Thirty Something is- Movie Podcast entertain you know possibly controversial <laughs> opinions. You know, so unless unless you're talking about movies that Pat hates, and then there's you know there's no room for. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's some movies I don't get. I mean, you're bringing up the crushed velvet one or whatever the heck it was called. And I'm, I'm just, velvet? I, I, yeah, any, velvet, any, velvet Jones, it was, yeah. Anything with velvet and, and rivers running through it. I didn't, you know. So. Rivers running through a side swipe to a river runs through it. In a total yeah. recall podcast. I mean, where else do you get this kind of entertainment, people? Well, I think I think a river runs through it. Oh, I yeah. like that movie, but there was a movie about a river and a bunch of kids that needed to like yeah. I don't know what the heck, like go play video games or something. I don't know what the heck it was. Yeah, river, river runs through. It's a totally different movie. I think actually <laughs> that, that was was, a, was it directed by Penny Marshall? Yeah, uh, no, no, Patrick Marshall. <laughs> yeah, no, ah. you're thinking of Pat. You're thinking of River's Edge. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah, there you go. With yeah. the with the, with the dead sense, with the dead no. body and the, yeah. yeah, yeah, the dead body. Stay and I think what set river. me, 
And these were the same critics talked about how that thing was the greatest thing since sliced bread and the wheel was invented. And then they, they go after the three amigos. I mean, I think that's what originally put me <laughs> off is when the same critics that went after the three amigos, I don't know. I don't know, but that's another story. Hey, critics didn't like Cannonball Run. We can't help that. Hey, man, like, yeah. I'm telling you, like, how, how can you not like Cannonball Run? I mean, Seriously. I'm not saying it deserves an Oscar, but how can you not like Cannonball Run? You don't like fun. You don't like awesomeness. Right. You don't that like was, and that's, that was your line that I, that you got, like, they just don't understand or they can't appreciate the awesomeness. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Okay. I'll go, I'm going to go to bat for Blade Runner. Okay. I'll be the sane one here. It is a bit dull in parts, but it's fantastic. I mean, Harrison Ford, Sean Young, you know, Daryl Hannah kicking Harrison <laughs> Ford's butt. The question of whether or not, uh, Deckard is a replicant still kind of is rolling around in my brain. Like, mm-hmm. is it, is he, is he not? I mean, it's kind of like this movie, you know, total recall that that fun question that I continually ask myself and hope I don't find the answer to, you know? So, but I, I like total recall a lot. I didn't like minority report a whole lot. Uh, but I, I did like, I mean, Harrison Ford for me is, is about as good as they come. So I'm, I'm going back for blade runner. Sounds like we got our next podcast, man. That's awesome. Oh, that's Total awesome. Recall versus Blade Runner. I'm taking it. Sure. I want popcorn for that. Bad. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man in the High Castle was him, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. That's what I thought. God, I love that show. That is another great show that I wish had like 18 seasons that I could keep binging through. So, can I? I was, can I? Can I ask you a quick question then? Okay. What did I do and, wrong? And, no, 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 no. I, and okay. I good. I'm I, making I, sure. I, I don't want to start like, you know, Royal Rumble 23 here, but nope, it's fine. Um, did you finish the final season? I did. I okay. thought I liked it. Okay. All right. I did. <laughs> John's but, doing that I thing feel, he does. That's an interesting <laughs> opinion you have there. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's outstanding. That's, I, I mean, that's, he just said the best line. You did, Pat. Well, that's an interesting opinion. That's outstanding. I feel like, I feel like Mike Wazowski in, in uh, um, uh, Monsters Incorporated uh, well, I did. And then you said that thing that now I'm not sure or whatever, you know, <laughs> everybody, Pat, everybody has the right to be wrong. So, I, okay. <laughs> hey man, that's, Hey, that's, that's right. I'm, I'm I'd agree with you if you were right. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. That's, that's the next movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That's, yeah, different. that's, that's the other movie. I, uh, I another, another line I'm going to start using with my kids right away. <laughs> yes. The only, the only thing, um, the only thing I, I, well, maybe I don't remember the ending. The only thing I remember was like, oh, shoot, it's ending was kind of what I felt like. Was that, so, so how, like, wh- why is the right answer? It was, was it just, was it just a bad ending? <laughs> the right, what should I have said? Yeah, I'm sorry. What was, what was my right answer? I should have chosen no, I C. I, yeah. You chose, darn it. Poorly. You chose poorly. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> aged. I, I picked the wrong grail. Well, they all came walking. Well, did everyone see it? I assume so. I have not seen I, the I, end I, I, yet. I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about it at some other point, you know. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but I, it just, it, I don't know. It was I'm just, sorry, guys. I, I kind of went off a little bit on the end, and, and I, no, I should have been a little bit more careful with the thing. You didn't. You didn't okay. Yeah. We I, have had, I, will I never, have had plenty of time to that. catch up to that show, <laughs> and I love it. I'm, in, I'm okay. entranced by it, but. I'd like to watch it. I didn't okay. I, well, yeah, I, was, I did it, everything I, I about it. I just have to catch up. Okay. Yeah. I felt like it jumped a shark when uh, Hitler came in with a DeLorean, and it just, it was, I don't know. And he was, he was, was he whitewashing the fence, too? Yes. 
Yes. It was whitewashing the fence. <laughs> yeah. John, it was a Mercedes Gullwing, but you can be mistaken with the doors. <laughs> I mean, That's it's fine. Fine. <laughs> now, D, you were, you were saying that like you did not like that series or you just didn't like it like the final season or? So I have five kids and like three or four jobs and now a full-time podcast. Okay. And so the, the amount of Netflix shows that I can sit down and binge watch has become extremely limited. Although I will say when the quarantine started and I saw Tiger King up on the oh, screen geez. and I was like, I know that guy. What the heck? How did this get on? And then it became the sensation that it was. Okay. Got I it. used to work. I used to work down there. And so, yeah, I, I saw all of those crazy. Wow. In the routine, like, okay. Wait, so wait this a minute. is a podcast we, all in itself, brother. Whoa. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you knew, you knew Tiger King, the Tiger King guy. Like yeah. I forget his name. Well, I, mean, uh, Joe I, Exotic? I didn't know him, right. but yes, but, but yeah, I mean, he would, he, he was struggling with court issues, so okay. he'd be there from time to time. And wow. so, yeah, I, there, the stories, the stories that abound down in that County about other stuff that never got covered on that show are. Countless. That's what I've heard. I mean, wow. he's, he's, there's not a day of his life that wasn't filled with awesomeness. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that that's big heard. because they, they covered quite a slice in that show. Yeah. Wow. I, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll try to keep it real short, but I teach, uh, I teach a class on evidence. And one of the examples that I give is um, the, there was a judge who actually had to use him as an expert in a case. It was an animal cruelty case. Okay. And so he's the guy closest around that knows about animals, right? Okay. He's the animal expert. And he shows up in, at that time he was more, he was dressing a little bit more like the crocodile hunter guy, like with okay. uh, leather and then some jade jewelry, but still the full on flaming thing going. And he, <laughs> and um, so she gets him to testify. It was this, these bears were starving at this Russian circus and the, they're prosecuting the circus owners and she has him give his expert testimony and the defense gets up and they say, all right. And in your report, Mr. Scheibold, it says that uh, you first, when you first saw these animals, you thought they were werewolves. Is that correct? <laughs> and he's like, oh my yep. Gosh. Oh, and, and, and it just, oh. they just lead him on for like another 10 minutes. Oh, Where did you first, you know, see werewolves and werewolves are real animals. And this is, this is her animal expert. That's talking about how he thought that these starving bears were werewolves. werewolves. Oh yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So her rehabilitation of him was, now you don't think these things were men 28 days out of the month and then changed into wolves at the full moon. And he was like, no, no real Real werewolves, not fake werewolves. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, oh my gosh. So you saw she didn't win she didn't win that case, just in case no. you were wondering. Okay, I was I was wondering. For her. So you <laughs> saw this guy and you saw all the stuff around this guy in this area that and then he popped up on Netflix and you were like, Oh my gosh, that's that guy? I had literally been using that example in class for the last <laughs> 12 oh, years man. and I had to explain who he was every time until this year. Well, this will be the say. first year that I just go, Hey, you know that guy? Yeah. Here it goes. Oh, wow. wow. That's outstanding. That is nuts. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. All right, man. After I rewatch Total Recall, I'm going to go watch Tiger King again tonight. Dang. My, my kids went down there without me knowing, like somebody had a birthday party and they're like, Oh, we'll go down to this animal park for the, oh. for the birthday party. And I find out after the fact, and I was like, you should not have let our children go down there. <laughs> and my little, my, my son, who's, you know, he's 15 now, but he remembers it very clearly. And he told me at the time, he's like, dad, 
he had posters of himself. And I was like, yeah, okay. He's like, he didn't have a shirt on. I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. He's like, he had a saddle over his back. I was like, okay. He could, he goes, he had metal things in his nibbles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah. yeah. Exit through the gift shop, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow is That's right. Crazy. Man. Hmm. Well, on that note, Bo, do you have a favorite Philip K. Dick story? <laughs> I do. Um, unfortunately, I have a lot. Is, I am... is, it, is it his lesser-known short story, uh, Metal in His Nibbles? <laughs> it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> I have been a fan of his writing for a long time. Um, a a um, English teacher of mine in high school uh, assigned several of his stories in our science fiction class, one of our senior English electives. Um, shout out to Mr. Lapish. So as I was say, is that Mr. Lapers? Yes, yeah. it was. Um, so I, I, I have made it a mission of mine for a while to seek out stuff that was made based on some of these stories. So even though the movies aren't that great, I, I tend to enjoy them. So one of the lesser known ones, it's not even a great movie, but I enjoy it because I enjoy the source material is Imposter with Gary Sinise. Hmm. Not my favorite, but still very good. My favorite. And my wife cannot stand this movie because it's a little too Inception for her. I love the Adjustment Bureau. Mm -hmm. That one has always yeah. been a favorite of mine. It's a good one. It's it's a it's a fun movie. Yeah. I like it. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely that's, fantastic. That's cool. Um, Did Clint Eastwood direct that? Uh, am I, the director was George Nolfi for Adjustment Bureau. Okay. Okay. So good, though. I mean, just great. And like I said, I, I'll watch anything based on a Philip K. Dick story. And I've been enjoying uh, Man in the High Castle. I just haven't uh, finished it enough to rank it as a favorite yet. But I've always been a fan. Um, and have cool. you, real quick, have you checked out the, uh, the Philip K. Dick um, anthology series that Amazon Prime had? I have not. It is on oh, my list good. For, yeah, it's good. for this summer. If you like if, because it's very, it, it's got like a that kind of Black Mirror, Twilight Zone mm. kind of feel to it. So if yep. you like those kind of That's shows. The electric Dreams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Making sure I had the right thing. Yeah. No, it was it was good. Yeah. All right. Question number three. If you were to choose a recall vacation, what would you choose to have implanted in your head? I might just take the easy route and say this movie. Right. <laughs> Pretty cool. I'd be okay with this story. I might swap the, uh, I'd swap Molina for uh, Sharon Stone okay. and then go with it moving forward from there. Okay. So I got a question. Are we limited to the, like the options that were present on the screen or can I just totally Yeah, that was my up? question too. No, no, you can, uh, if you want to bring your own flash drive to recall with your own choices, you can, you can do that. Right. Okay. So I started listening to a podcast called wind of change. It's fantastic. I encourage any listener out there to listen to it, but the premise is an investigative reporter is looking into this story that the song by the Scorpions, Winds of Change, was actually written by the CIA and was a propaganda piece to cause the fall of the Soviet Union, which actually happened just a couple years after the song came out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm going to look this wow. thing up. I would say I would want to be the CIA, CIA agent who was traveling with the Scorpions in their Moscow tour and moving documents and moving people and having helping defectors and um, writing awesome songs all along the way. Cool, man. That's pretty sweet. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I just subscribed to it right now. So <laughs> mission accomplished. As soon, as soon as I finish the uh, Superman Man of Steel episode, then I will uh, I'll start on that one. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's just crazy enough that that's right up my alley. Speaking of uh, right up your alley, John, where where are you going to go to and for recall? At this point, I, and I think I've said this a few different times lately, I, I think I just would like a very remote place that has no Wi-Fi and no one can find me and no one can reach me. Um, I'll, I'll take a Scottish Highlands vacation and right. uh, just disappear somewhere. And I've, I've got my kilt. I'll just pack my kilt and I don't really need much more than that. So, um, Well, you and the Highlander and you're good to go, right? Only one. Thank you. That's <laughs> right. exactly yeah, that's right. Way to go, Bo. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. All I need is a sword. I, and I think that if I have to pay a little extra, then uh, I'll, I'll pay my 300 extra to get the sword and the, the quickening. Yeah, there it is. You know, they mentioned the Saturn cruise kind of in the movie. And that I was like, man, that, I don't know what that is, but that sounds pretty cool. And I just watched Outland, the Sean Connery movie, not too long ago. And so Saturn, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But uh, uh, she mentioned skiing in, in Antarctica. And I thought that would be pretty cool. But uh, I, I think climbing Mount Everest would be something that I'd like to experience as reality without endangering my life. So that's pretty cool. And you're right. They, they actually bring up Saturn twice, don't they? Like she offers like, hey, let's go on a vacation to Saturn. Don't keep bringing up Mars. And then he goes to recall and they try to get him to go to Saturn mm-hmm. as opposed to Mars. Saturn's a place to be. Yeah, apparently. whatever and happens to Saturn. And there's one of the uh, advertisements on the subway is about the Saturn cruises. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Right next to the sharper image. Right. Or uh, is that? Yeah. <laughs> I smell a spinoff. I thought about this one for a while and I have, I'm a, I'm a fan of history. So I want to go and see and be one of the knights in King Arthur's round table. Oh man. Right to the round table. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. Just like that too. <laughs> What's, what's sad is you'll get those memories implanted and then you'll wake up and be like, it was only a model. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> cool. All right, Pat, did we get yours? That's a pretty cool idea. I like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm vacillating between being that guy and just rejecting the question because like, I don't want, I don't want them to go in there and like, you know, scrambling my, you know, scrambling my eggs up or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to like messing with my head, but I don't know if I want to be that the, guy. Which is actually the exact same response that my wife had. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. She's well, like, implanting mi- No, nope, just no. Yeah, I, I, I like, I would worry about that. But, but if, but if we're getting into the spirit of the question and like knowing that this really wouldn't happen, I, I think, it, I think it'd be fun to go back and be like, you know, the top ten greatest motorcycle races in history and go see them live, like be in the. The, or even go see the, the, you know, go see them from all the different vantage points or like, you know, the top, you know, there was a, there was a book out about football and it was like the five games that changed the game or something like that. Or it was, you know, and it was like these, these games that happened in NFL history that like altered the course of the NFL. Or I just think, uh, you know, going back and seeing, seeing things like that would be, would be kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? I think like, you know, like these, oh man, could you say you were there kind of things. That would, that would be my, yeah. I don't want to be a, you know, I don't want to be a jerk answer, but my, my, my initial answer. And if, if your wife called it, then I, you know, I can go with this because if she called it, then it's, then it's legal. I don't want them going inside my head and messing me up. And then all of a sudden, you know, I ended up in a Johnny cab and people are shooting at me and, you know, you've blown my car. Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. How did I get here? The door opened and you got in. 
And you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a couple of other answers uh, off of the uh, Twitter sphere. We had uh, at Tristan Martin uh, chimed in and said the 1997 movie Rocket Man for his favorite story related to Mars. I, I will right. admit, I, I do remember the uh, the VHS DVD cover of that one, but I have not ever seen that movie. So I don't know enough about Rocket that one. Rocket Man. Yeah. I don't, man, I don't know that one at yeah. all. At first when he said Rocket Man, thankfully he added a, a, a gif in there to show me which Rocket Man it was because I was like, like the Elton John? I yeah, I thought <laughs> Elton John. I don't remember that taking place anywhere on Mars, but I don't know. Um, Tristan's a buddy of mine. That's, yeah. that's cool. And uh, and then at CE2099 said Total Recall. Like that was his choice for that one. All right. All right. Well, that's actually going to do it for us in this episode on Total Recall. Um, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Dee, for coming on this episode with us. Uh, where can everybody find your podcast? <laughs> you can find us at uh, Shirley Podcast on Facebook, Shirley Podcast on Twitter, and uh, Shirley Podcast at gmail.com. Nice. Nice. So go check out their podcast, subscribe, um, listen to all the episodes. It is a good time. I, I could guarantee that for you. Um, you will even, not only will you get to listen to these two guys have a friendly argument with each other, you will also end up friendly arguing with yourself as you try to decide which one of them is right. Um, and, uh, and, and sometimes you just go, ah, you know what? I, I love it all. Um, which I've found myself doing a couple of times, listening to the show. I'm like, well, I, Jason's got a point. D's got a point. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to watch these movies, listen to these albums. So, <laughs> Thanks for having yeah. us. It's yeah, so thank fun. you so much. It's been as fun as having a golf ball up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys yeah. for coming on, and uh, we'll, we'll get you back here next week as well. Uh, next week is going to be our Awakenings episode, um, the Robert De Niro and Robin Williams movie Awakenings. So we're going to be back here next week for that one. And uh, until next time, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next week. Yeah.